Greetings, I hope you're doing well. My name is Andrew Johnson. I'm an associate pastor at Neartown Church in Houston, Texas. Most of you tuning in right now um, know that I am going to do a very quick walkthrough over the next few weeks through the book of Ephesians. Uh, so I want to give you a heads up on kind of what our aim is. I'm hoping that these are going to be about you know, no longer than 12 minutes. Um, so this is going to certainly be a little bit longer than just a 30-second bit to encourage you throughout your day. Uh, think more along the lines of short Bible study, an ability for you to get into God's Word and see, um, well, take a different look at it and see what He has for us. I say us because obviously I'm communicating to you, you are an individual, but um, our understanding uh, through Scripture is that He has made us as the body of Christ, and so our actions are not just me acting out in the world and me learning in a consumer fashion, but we acting all together uh, through what God has given us and living out our identity in the world. Now, we'll get into that here in Ephesians, but I, I want for you to know at the outset that this is a Bible study which should require output. It should require something different in your life. If this is just changing the way you think about things, then my time and your time, I don't want to say it has been wasted, but it's missing the mark. And so um, I want to get into Ephesians. Uh, this week it'll be me. In some coming weeks it might be some other people, but don't be distracted. Um, we are digging into Ephesians to discover uh, who is God, uh, what is his mission and who are we? What is our mission uh, in light of who he is? So join with me, Ephesians chapter 1. Now, book of Ephesians, there are a few things that I want to encourage you with as far as uh, pieces that you need to know. Uh, one of which is that the book of Ephesians is written by Paul and he is writing to a group of people in the city of Ephesus. This is a coastal town uh, that is now in Turkey and a uh, big seaport, lots of activity. Uh, they had the Temple of Artemis there. Uh, they had a lot of um, worship of Greek gods uh, it was, that dominated the culture. That was the norm. And so as such, uh, the church that it has been made in Ephesus is a combination of former uh, Greek, um, well, I can't call them atheists. They definitely weren't worshiping God. They were worshiping uh, the local deities there uh, in Ephesus. And then there are these Jews that used to be faithful Jews and have now come to Christ. And so you've got a variety of different religious backgrounds that are making up this new church and then because of the way that things worked back then, when we talk about the Jews, we're not just talking about a religious understanding, but also a racial understanding. And so there is some, I don't want to say infighting, but there's some definite differences uh, between the Jews and the Greeks, um, or rather the Jews and the nations, um, those that uh, weren't previously worshiping God and that's going to come up later in Ephesians. But understand that the context to which Paul is writing is he's trying to, to reach out to both, well, not so much both sides, but to everybody and say, okay, 
no matter who you are or where you've come from, I want to write to you about God. I want to write to you about Jesus, who is God. I, I want to write to you about the Holy Spirit, who is also God. And I want to have you know who you are in them, in Him, in God. And, uh, well, buckle up, because here we go. What's God's will for your life? What's God's will for my life? I think all of us at some point have asked this question. And um, what we'll do is we might go with that question to scripture, but we also might ask our friends, what does God want me to do? I don't know. Uh, maybe I'll pray and he'll send me a sign. Uh, maybe I'll see a writing on the wall or something. I don't know what God wants for my life. Well, Ephesians chapter one, I, I think Paul kind of answers that. And so um, let's jump in. Ephesians one says here in verse one, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, by the will of God, hmm. by the will of God. What's God's will? Well, if that's answered, Paul is there even writing as an extension of that will, living that out. Now, let me jump ahead uh, to, let's see if we see any more of this, this will talk, um, this understanding of purpose. Go down to verse 25, uh, 25, verse 5. In love, he predestined us for adoption as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will. Hmm shows up again there. Where else do we see it? Twice in verse 9. Go down to verse 9. Uh, the sentence, I'm going to start at the beginning of the sentence, at least in the English Standard Version. Uh, starts in verse 7. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight. Okay, verse 9 making known to us the mystery of his will according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ. So this is really, really building this argument that Paul has been making. It has continued to uh, ramp up and it has continued to, uh, I'm trying to refocus this on my face. Uh, it's trying to uh, ramp up to answer this question, what is God's will? Verse 10 as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. Continues on in verse 11, in him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. Now, I'm already at eight and a half minutes. So, What's God's will for our lives? Paul has been writing this and talking about uh, what is God's will, and he's mentioned it, and he's talked about God's purpose, and he has built this entire section. And I'm going to encourage you to read this aloud uh, because there is a lot in here. And a lot of the things that we typically focus on are things about us, the things that God has done for us, um, the things that Christ has released uh, due to his actions here on earth um, as 
fully God and fully man that he has now given us and he has blessed us with. But I think we skip over this idea of God's will and what is his purpose. It culminates again in verse 9. It talks about him revealing the mystery of his will to us. And what is that will? What is his purpose? It's in verse 10. As a plan for the fullness of time, as a plan for what is going to happen when time finishes, it is going to be to unite all things in him. To unite all things in him. God's great plan is to unite everything under Christ. That's what God's will is. That's what he wants to do. So let's not have an argument about uh, who is predestined, who is going to be saved, who is coming to Christ, and what is the order of that. Let's back off that just a little bit and lean in to what God's will is. It is to unite all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. And you can jump ahead to verses 22 and 23 and see that God has actually worked these things to put all under Christ's feet and to say, here it all is. All of creation is here, united in you to worship you. And so, if God's will is to unite all things in Christ, then what's our part in it? I already read part of this verse. Go back to verse 5. In love, he predestined us for adoption as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, with which he has blessed us in the beloved. We have been called sons and daughters of the King. God has adopted us. And because of that, as sons and daughters of the King, now our life is to be about his will. Our identity is to live as sons and daughters of the King. If God's great will is to unite all things in Christ, then our purpose, our identity, that what is God's will for my life, it's to live into that, to work diligently day and night where I live, where I work, where I play, in inviting people into this whole life, this piece of life with Jesus Christ, and to make sure that they know any life outside of Christ, it might be good, it might be enjoyable, but it will not be full. A life united in Christ is the best life. And so, what's God's will for your life? To join in Him in this lifelong work living out your identity as a son and a daughter of a king, inviting others to join up with him and working diligently to know Christ, to worship Jesus and help others become worshipers of Jesus. So my question for you to close this, how are you growing in your worship of Jesus and who are you helping become a worshiper of Jesus? I hope this is a challenge for you. I hope you can wrestle with this. This is a little over- Lord, bless this conversation and allow uh, what happens from here be an honor to you. We love you, Jesus. Amen. If you would like to discuss some of these things, our loop groups might be discussing some of these uh, topics that we uh, bring up in Ephesians, 
Or if you would like to join for an online discussion, I'm going to get that set up soon. I want to hear from you. When do you want to have that chatter? When do you want to see each other's faces and say, okay, is this true? And if so, what difference does it make in my life? Leave comments below. Uh, This is fun. Talk to you next week.